Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything that you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of All the Things Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a tax expert and business mentor, Shannon Weinstein, who is the owner of Financial Solutions, which provides tax and accounting services for small business owners, specializing in those looking to scale online. She also offers educational workshops and coaching that is catered to new entrepreneurs. You can find Shannon on Instagram at Shannon K. Weinstein, and you can find her Financials Foundations course, which is online at www.fitnancialsolution.com slash foundations course. In this podcast, Shannon demystifies a lot of our thoughts and fears around taxes and around the IRS. I don't know about you, but as an entrepreneur, especially when I was launching my business, and even now as my business is growing, we often have fears around money and taxes and the government. And something that Shannon does so beautifully is she helps to demystify those fears. So check out this episode. I hope you love it. I know that I learned so much from taking some time to interview Shannon. So Hope you guys love it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of All the Things Podcast. I'm your host, Regina Lawrence, and today we have a guest on, and we're going to talk about something that I absolutely love to talk about, and that is really money. I love for us to talk more and more about money, especially as women, and I know a lot of women listen to the podcast because I think there's a lot of fear 
and a lot of stigma around money that we've grown up with. But if we can actually like look at it, understand it, own it, step into it, it enables us to have a new sense of power in bringing it into our lives. So today we have the founder and the owner of Fitnancial, Shannon Weinstein, who is an accountant, an educator, a corporate dropout like me, and I'm so happy to have her on the show. Shannon, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Regina. Happy to be here. It's so good to have you. So like I said, I love to bring people on, especially to talk about money from the perspective that you bring as an accountant. Because, you know, just like when I was in practice, like being an accountant and tax code, it's a different language that people don't speak. And I think that new business owners often, and even seasoned business owners, like shy away from stepping into this. So I'm so excited for the knowledge that you're going to share with everyone today. Yeah. And I think that when you're a growing business owner, one of the things you really look forward to is being able to fully outsource that part of it. So you don't even have to deal with it. Absolutely. I know. So taking a step back for you, how did you come to be? So now you're, you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. How did you go from the big firm, like accountant to what you're doing now? I mean, the, the honesty of it is when you finally realize that you're chasing something that doesn't exist, <laughs> you realize that you're better off serving people on your own terms. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was, even though I loved working at this firm, I loved the people and I wouldn't trade a day there for anything. Mm -hmm. I realized that I had a bigger purpose. And I realized that, that I was just a number. No one was ever going to advocate for me. Like I advocate for myself in my career. And I was sacrificing way too much for the promise of things to come that I knew weren't guaranteed. Yes. So I just decided to say, why wait? And I started working on my business uh, while I was in corporate and then um, transitioned it over and did it very methodically. Like there was, there was no like flat out jump off a cliff with no plan. I, I had a plan and I had a strategy and I, I was executing on that uh, through the time that I had both. So, you know, there is a way you can do it and you can turn it from side hustle to full time. How, so from the time you were like, okay, I'm going to start this business as a side hustle and then the transition into full-time, how long did that transition take you? Between two and three years. Okay. And it's mostly because I probably could have done it sooner, but it's mostly because of other things going on in my life, right? Like we wanted to make sure we had the health insurance, that we had this stuff covered. We had big expenses that came up. So you have to really just have a plan of when I hit this milestone and I achieve this, this is when I know I'm ready. Yeah. And you want to have that open dialogue with your spouse or anyone who's a stakeholder in your finances and in this decision to make sure you know that when you cross this line, that you're pretty much ready and that you can make that call without having to act on emotional reaction. Totally. When you decided that you wanted to start your side hustle, did you know that you wanted it to eventually be your full-time business? I had a dream that it could be. And I was like, maybe we'll build this and maybe one day you know, eventually this could turn into something where I could do this full time, but I won't know until I do it part-time and see if I like it and be able to try it out and test the water. So for me, it was kind of this pie in the sky dream that one day it would turn into full time. And it's really hard to believe that that actually happened. I know. How did you, so you have the idea, because a lot of people have these beautiful ideas that they want to set into motion, but taking the first three steps. Taking the first step is the hardest thing for a lot of people. What was the first thing you did to like actualize your dream? Hmm. 
I would say I, first of all, I hired a coach um, because I wanted to accelerate the learning process. I wanted to make less mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am totally, I am a 100% a learner of my mistakes. Like I make mistakes, pivot and go, okay, not going to do that again. Like that's how we learn as humans. That's like how we learn to walk, crawl, do everything is like, that didn't work. Let's not do that next time. Um, but we also want to find the path of least resistance to get to our destination. And mm-hmm. for me, hiring a coach really accelerated. I knew I had this idea. I had a logo. I had a, an idea for a brand. I knew what I wanted to do with it, but I didn't know how to actually implement that and what to do first, because I am a classic Gemini, a classic shiny object mm-hmm. distraction taker. And I knew that I wanted to do 10 different things at once. And when you chase 10 chickens, you catch none. Right. So I said, someone tell me which chicken to go after first and I will do, I will go do it. So I knew that I needed some help on that accountability front. I love that. And I did the same thing when I knew I wanted to start a business. I was like, I don't even, I didn't even know exactly what I wanted to do, but I was like, I'm going to hire somebody to help me figure it out. And then help me take that next step and make whatever this thing is a reality. Um, so you start your side hustle, you do it for about two to three years. So something we talked about before we started recording, and I'd like to talk about it a little bit more is, you know, to get to that place in that firm, you worked your ass off to get there. You have an education, you worked the corporate ladder to get to that space. What was that decision like when you finally decided you were going to leave? So I knew I wanted to now, and I've had many corporate jobs, right? Like I've had multiple different corporate jobs, but I knew, I always know when I'm ready to leave, when I just get to a point where something isn't right, really isn't right. Um, The example I had was when I worked at a big four firm, uh, I had to go on bereavement leave because my dad passed away and someone called me while I was on bereavement leave with a question on a Friday at 8 PM. And I said, you know, if, if I can't even expect from what I give to this company, I can't get the same respect to acknowledge that and to know that that is out of line. That was kind of my telltale sign. Sometimes you, it adds up over time and you just, you hit one point and you go, you know what? That was the telling decision. Thank you. Thank you universe for, for making that switch click for me. Um, and I think it's events like that, that happen or erode over time that make you realize that you're meant for more and that you deserve better. It's kind of like being in a, a bad relationship something happens where you finally wake up. You have that like triggering or like pivotal moment that you're like, Oh, what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. So you have that aha moment, you launch the business, you do that for like two to three years. I took like two to three years too. I didn't just jump. And I know a lot of coaches will say like, take the leap, just jump. And I am the same as you. I'm like, no, have a plan, figure out where you're going and transition into it. So you're not suffering so much. Yeah. And it's not even just suffering. It's, it's prove the concept. Yeah. Go out, test the waters when you have no stakes, because mm-hmm. when you don't have the stakes in the game and you can go out and test it, you can pivot freely without any pressure. Mm-hmm. And when something is paying the mortgage, you feel an immense amount of pressure to do something, to deliver, to be there and to, to be successful and to have that pressure on top of you, along with the natural emotional roller coaster you go through as an entrepreneur, is, is a lot. So I, I like to say, if you want to go in for the long haul, don't overstrain yourself in that phase when you're first starting. I, if you have the opportunity to do so, 
try to do both, try to balance it out. Um, and it will make you better for it, for balancing all of that. Because then when you go into full-time entrepreneurship, you're like, wow, I just gained so much time back. This is great. Look what else I can do now that I have momentum. Totally. Use that, use that to get momentum. And then you will, you'll feel so much more confident making that jump because you'll already be so far along. When you made the jump, did you have like a financial goal? Like in the side hustle, I need to be matching a certain amount of my income. I wanted to recover my salary and then some to essentially prove to myself, my family, you know, that this is the thing that this, this will sustain me. Um, and you also obviously have to think of things and, and one thing that I've noticed in the coaching industry and, and, and really on Instagram in particular, because of who I follow, right. Mm-hmm. Is people are chasing this hundred thousand dollar goal for their business, right? Like I want a hundred K business. And here's the thing. They say they want a hundred K business, but as an accountant, what I'm telling you is if you want a hundred K revenue business, you're going to take home 30, 35 K mm-hmm. maybe. Like on, for the most part, you've got like a 30 or 35% margin because you've got all of these costs. You've got to invest in coaches. You've got to invest in people and hiring and outsourcing in order to grow the business. Because while you're in that six figure growth stage, mm-hmm. if you're in the high, high five, low six figures and you're trying to grow it, you're spending a lot of that money because that's what it takes to get you up leveled. Totally. So you have to, if you want to take home hundred K you actually have to make something like two, two fifty. Mm-hmm. And when you actually put your mark on that and say, that's my actual revenue goal. I think a lot of people are getting mi- mixed up in the metrics and they're thinking hundred K is my dream, but then they realize that they've hit hundred K, but they're keeping 20 K of it and they don't feel as accomplished. So you really want to make sure you understand your margins and understand what it will take to get you to that goal. I love that. And that's what I've had to do. When I launched my business, I had to do the same thing. Cause my first thought was like, no, I want to replace my attorney salary. And then I was like, oh no, you actually need more than that to really do this the way that you want to do it. Yeah. So in your business now, will you explain to the listeners what exactly your business does? Absolutely. So we, in a nutshell, we help service-based online entrepreneurs keep what they earn and avoid expensive mistakes. (laughs) so what I what I do is uh we have really like three channels right we have accounting taxes and we have coaching so we have a done for you service which where where you hand off all of your accounting stuff to us we do basically everything for you the nuts and bolts um tax strategy for your business the business tax return uh monthly accounting and bookkeeping we do quarterly cfo strategy calls with you and we basically are your money people so you send your stuff to shannon it's handled um and and i love that aspect of what we do because so many entrepreneurs just want to know that it's all handled they want to be part of the process but they want to just know that everything all the boxes are checked and the other arm of what we do is the coaching which is more for the newer uh entrepreneur getting started And that is, you know, a six week potentially program. Uh, There's a self-study option. You can take as long as you want, but we have coaching available, private group or self-study where you can learn the ins and outs of starting a business online from a financial standpoint. So you don't ever have to worry about, did I do that correctly? Did I set things up? Do I have the right business entity? Do I need an LLC? Do I need a bank account? Where do I have to register? We answer all those questions for you in that course and with my guidance through the program. 
Amazing. So for the new entrepreneur who's listening, the new coach, the new business owner, what are some tips that you can give them when they're just getting started of things they need to think about or things they need to set up? Right. So I would say don't avoid the money conversation. (laughs) Make make sure that is part of the plan. Um, The biggest thing I see though from early stage entrepreneurs is they come to me and say something to the effect of um, that they are that uh, they're nervous about hiring an accountant. They're nervous about really diving in and they think it's a commitment, a big commitment financially or time-wise or just in general, they feel like they're not ready for that step yet. Yeah. And what happens is, um, what they don't realize is that hiring an accountant is not a huge commitment. They can help you at any step of the way and give you the right guidance. What you want to be careful of is over assuming that an accountant provides a certain type of service mm-hmm. and that they only provide that type of service that you, you don't need a CFO who does everything, you know, quarterly strategy calls and stuff. When you're just starting out, what you need is just the right guidance and somebody in your corner to help you mm-hmm. and don't wait to hire that person. If you need external help in getting that information or don't wait to educate yourself if you want to do that on your own. Yeah. But one thing that people say is I don't need bookkeeping yet. You know, I don't need um, anything. I don't, I don't need QuickBooks yet. Okay. And I'm like, well, as soon as you have a bank account, you need QuickBooks. Like right. any money that's going in and out of there, I don't care if it's one transaction a month, you should definitely be on some type of bookkeeping platform so that you can actually start tracking. You want to set up the structure and lay the groundwork so that when money starts flowing in, it knows where to go. Yeah. You know, you don't build the water slide once the water starts falling, right. <laughs> you have to give it a place. Like I'm going to build this so that when it comes in, it goes like this mm-hmm. and then we don't have to worry about it. But if you wait until the water starts pouring, it's only that much harder to contain and to, and to keep it together and to actually build it. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest mistakes I see is people waiting years to hire someone to look at the finances and then it just gets messier. And then you look back and go, you actually didn't have the optimal entity for the past two years and you've been overpaying. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes to hear that. Mm-mm. So that's one of the biggest things that I see is waiting too long to make decisions on how you want to manage things financially, because you think you're not ready. You don't make enough or you're not officially a business yet. Yeah. And, and that's a mindset shift. I think too, it speaks to the point of, you know, a lot of times when we're new business owners, we are so afraid to spend money and to hire in our business because yeah. we're thinking about where the business is right now. We're not thinking about where the business is going to be in a year and how I need to be set up for that. Right. And, and you know what it is? I think a lot of folks start a new business and they're hesitant to open, let's say an LLC or a business entity. Cause they realize that's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Now I'm creating a thing. Like I'm giving birth to a business that I can't go back on mm-hmm. and setting more things up for it you know, giving it a name, giving it a home, giving it, you know what I mean? The more it's like, it's like you're adopting a dog. Right. And it's like, you gave it a name, you gave it a bowl, you gave it all these things. It's like, it's, it's going to be yours. You realize you're going to keep this dog. Yeah. But, but as soon as you start committing and you start giving it a home and making itself at home with you, you realize it's that much harder to get rid of if it doesn't work out. Yep. So a lot of folks are hesitant to dive in because they're like, well, what if it doesn't work out? Okay. Then you dissolve the LLC. You do, do, do. It costs yeah. you a little bit of money, but it's not the end of the world. Like you, you can unwind this. This is no big deal, but people won't commit because they're so afraid of what if it doesn't work out? And I go, yeah. then you're back where you were. 
and everything's fine. And, and I think there's this, just this fear around that, that they just don't want to commit. And that lack of commitment, like in the subconscious mind is setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Or it's just holding you back from the fullest potential that you can reach because you're not in it emotionally. It, it's like being in a relationship you're not sure about mm-hmm. and you're acting some kind of way and like not responding to all the text messages and like you're late to the dates. And it's like, you're, yeah. what signal are you sending out there on how serious you want this to happen for you? You can't really complain that you haven't met your soulmate when you haven't treated your dates respectfully. Totally. Right? giving mixed signals to your business. (laughs) Exactly. Mixed signals to the business, ghosting your business. It's, it's a real thing. You're actually putting energy out there. And I think it's important to acknowledge what energy are you really giving your business and giving it a chance to succeed. Totally. I so agree with that. Something you and I were talking about earlier, and I hear you talk about it on social all the time and I love it. Um, So something that new business owners are often afraid of is the IRS. Like the big, scary beast that is the IRS. And I love that you talk about like the demystification of the IRS and what it really is. Yeah. So so we, we tend to vilify the IRS into this like Disney villain or evil corporation of some kind. Like it's this office building in Washington, DC where all bad things happen. And (laughs) And isn't, nothing, that, isn't that what happens? No, nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. I really want you to understand that the IRS and the people who work there, it, it's really just like the DMV. It's a government agency. And the people who work there are your mortgage paying, football watching, traffic tolerating, Camry driving, normal people like you and I who have families, who have stuff to do, soccer games to go to. And they're just normal people, mostly in the Midwest too, which like they're sweethearts. I love actually talking to the IRS agents I call on the phone. Um, but the, the point is that they're completely normal. You call them up. If you have a question, they're here to help you. The IRS does not want to collect any more than they have to legally collect from, from Americans. Mm-hmm. They, they just want to make sure that they're going to get their money um, that they're owed based on how you did your taxes, right? They're just there to enforce the tax laws. They don't even make the tax laws. Congress does. If you don't like the tax laws, you call your local congressperson because the IRS is just responsible for collecting that money and processing the the paper forms that you send in. So when you really understand what they do, you realize that they're not out to get you. They're not here to gouge you or to like get you on something. Uh, They're there to audit sometimes, but they come out and audit you and they're just asking questions. And once you answer them, you're, you're done. And they try to get as much as they can of, you know, unpaid taxes that they can from you. If they believe you've underpaid, they say, okay, well give us this much money. Um, you know, and they can compromise with you. You can actually do payment plans, offers and compromise, uh, and other options. So they want to work with you. So there's no reason to avoid them because avoiding them just creates a more tense relationship. The best thing you can do is be upfront, honest, and helpful to them, and they will work with you. I feel the same way that you just explained it about the IRS, about credit card companies and like financial institutions. Yeah. I think people often get into situations with financial institutions too, and they're like, avoid, 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 avoid. But it's really, it's just, they're just people in the Midwest and you could, they want to figure out a solution with you. Yeah. Like they're just, they're people doing their job and their job is to call you and ask you questions. It's okay. And you know what? The more humane, humanized you can be mm-hmm. where you just say, look, here's what happened. 
I really need some help working through this. They will help you. Um, and the other thing too, is if you hire an accountant that can represent you, right? If you gave me power of attorney, I can go call them on your behalf and talk to them. And that's totally fine too. But the last thing you want to do is just let the letters stack up unopened or not return. Well, they don't really call you. Those are mostly scams, by the way, the IRS will pretty much just mail you. Um, very, very seldom would they ever call. I don't believe. And if the IRS, by the way, if the IRS ever does call you or you think it's the IRS, assume it's a scam because if they actually are trying to call you, they will also mail you. Mm. So when in doubt, they will send you a letter anyway. Um, but anywho, the, don't let the letter stack up. Don't let them like sit on the back burner. These are actually really timely things. Send them to your accountant, let them understand what, what's going on. And that's why, that's why my fee, by the way, when I charge my clients is monthly and I'm, I'm around year round because filling out the paperwork is one thing, but being available when you get a letter is a different thing to be able to help you resolve it, make the phone calls and make it either go away or just handle it for you. So it's important to have a relationship with someone who can help with that. Totally. And I think a lot of times, like when it comes to the IRS or when it comes to financial institutions, people let the letters stack up and people are resistant because there is a lot of fear around money and debts. Yes. And they think they're in trouble perhaps. Um, and I think that, that when you fear anything around money, it's, it's like this, uh, compounding effect of if you don't welcome money into your life and you reject anything related to money, money won't want to be around you. Like, (laughs) it's like, how would you feel if you were sitting across the table? I think, um, Kyle Cease did this in an interview with Lewis Howes. And he said, how would you feel if money was across the table from you and you treated like a, a date, like you treat your money, would they stick around? Like, why would they want to be around you? Right. And if you think about that, you go, why would money want to hang out with me if this is how I treat it, if I ignore it, or if I, uh, you know, don't look at it. And the, and the other thing that I notice is uh, people measuring the financial health of their business solely based on their bank account balance. Mm. That's a big one. Totally. That's a big one. It's, it's, it's really important to understand your financial health holistically and judging your bank account balance as the, the judge of your overall financial health is like taking your physical health and judging that just based on how much you weighed on the scale this morning. Say I'm healthy or I am not healthy and assigning yourself an identity based on one metric. Mm -hmm. That's not good. So people who are assigning themselves, you know, value or financial health based on just that one metric, what other things should they be looking at and thinking at and considering? So you definitely want to look at profitability, right? That's one of, one of my top things is how, profitable are the services and products that you're offering on a gross and a net level. And I'll explain what that means. So like if you're selling, if you're selling a product for a a dollar, you know, simple a dollar, but it costs you 20 cents to make that product, then your margin is 80% gross margin. Okay. For every product you keep 80 cents of it. But then if you look at your whole profit and loss and you say, well, this is how much I sell my products. This is how much I bought them for, like the cost that I had. There's my, mm-hmm. there's my gross profit, we call it. Then you look at all of your operating expenses, your advertising, the coaches you hire, you know, rent if you have an office space or uh, a warehouse, uh, all of the expenses that you incur advertising. I think I said, um, what else? 
there's a ton, supplies, maintenance, things like that. All of those other expenses, when you actually take all of that out and you have your net profit, mm -hmm. net profit over what you sold is your net margin. And that net profit is what I'm talking about when I say people want to replace a 100K salary, your net profit has to be at least 100K, right. which means you got to back into how much money am I spending on operating expenses? How much am I spending on products? How much do I actually have to sell to meet that goal? Mm -hmm. and, and you'll realize it's much higher than you thought when you initially set your goals. Um, and where I'm going with this is the profitability aspect is so key to know how many cents on the dollar you actually are taking home every time you make a sale and mm -hmm. which of your services is most profitable that you should be marketing more because maybe you have a coach, a one-on-one -on -one coaching service and a online course, right? Mm -hmm. When in reality, the online course is probably much cheaper than the one-on-one -on -one the online course is probably more profitable because if you're only paying a fixed cost to host the course, it doesn't actually cost you more money for everyone you sell. So there might be a really good profitability there where you're, okay, if you market that, that should be a, a big focus for your marketing is, is that because it's high margin, high profitability. So profitability is number one. And the other thing is cash flow. Cash flow is really important. Okay. And that's your cash balance, but it injects a dimension of timing. And timing is everything, especially if you're in a business that includes periodic launching, you know, your traditional launch that happens. And then you have a 12 week program or something, or you're, you're offering something every 12 weeks or so you have to understand that your launch has to sustain you for a certain period of time. If you're not constantly selling the same offer with the same amount of frequency, um, and know that when you should be making certain investments based on how much money will be in the bank at that point. Mm, that's interesting. I've been thinking about launching a lot. Something I've been doing as a coach, cause I coach coaches is, um, you know, obviously they're launching, but the conversation I have is like, what is the thing that we're creating? That's going to be residual income for, for you. So you have that constant cash flow that's coming in. Right. Recurring revenue is everything. And it's why I like memberships and subscriptions and monetizing things that have an ongoing value so that you're not relying solely on the temporary launches. Because if a launch flops, what does that mean for the next three months, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want that to have such a lasting effect if it doesn't go so well. So you always want to have some type of recurring revenue stream, whether that is ongoing support for your coaching alums, like maybe they pay a small monthly fee to stay in your Facebook group and to get ongoing support once a week. Uh, and maybe that looks like just a subscription through a text message service for your daily mantras or something like that. What if you could create a revenue stream where the money is going to be guaranteed to come in on a certain cycle, no matter what you're doing up and down and what you're selling, if you're getting that recurring revenue and offering recurring value. And you have that, your business is built like that too, because your clients work with you on monthly retainers and then you are right. launching through the year. Right. So I have a monthly, I have a monthly fee. So what I do is say, uh, you're basically paying rent for my inbox. You right. know what I mean? Like you're paying rent to be in my inbox. So I will answer all your emails pretty much. Any client who listens to this knows I respond to emails very quickly. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's something I'm working on. Um, but the, the same day or like the day after, maybe two days if it's complicated. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're paying for is I'm going to be, my head is in your business. I'm thinking about you. 
I actually think about my clients before I go to bed. I have ideas for them that I jot down. Like you're paying for that space for me to be in your business with you and on your team. And it's more than a deliverable of paperwork. It's about, if you want my, my head in your business, thinking about strategy with you, that's really what it comes down to. And that's what I realized the offer and the value was, but you don't turn that off when the paperwork's filed. You're always thinking about that. And there's always something to be evolving in your business financially, whether that's, we're looking at a new revenue stream, we're looking at a new offer. You know, the last launch didn't do as well as we thought. What can we do, Shannon? Let's, let's, let's throw out the whiteboard and, and jot down some ideas. Let's chat on it. And it's, it's experiences like that, that I love. And that's why I do the monthly fees because year round, there's always something we can be working on, whether it's tax strategy or, uh, or just financial planning. Mm, I love that. And that's something like, just as a business owner, like you always want that person. We always want somebody to, to talk to about the things that are happening. So especially with the financial area of your business, you want to have somebody that you can rely on and, and have those calls with. Yeah. And I also look at it kind of like an expensive gym membership. You know how if like you're a member of a really expensive gym, you're like, well, I have to go at least this many times a month or to make it worth it. it Yeah. Yeah. So I say it's also kind of an incentive that if if your habits are to not really talk about money, but you know, you're paying Shannon and it's like, well, I should check in with Shannon because I'm paying her this month. And it kind of, it makes it more normal to talk about money the more you do it. So if you're not, if you're only talking about your taxes and your finances once a year, and you're only looking at your books once a year, you're doing your business a disservice, number one, but number two, then that's all you're going to want to do. But when you start looking at it quarterly, monthly, even weekly, then it's less of a big deal. It just becomes part of a habit. And it's something you don't have to like rile yourself up about um, doing every year. That's awesome. For people that are interested in working with you one-on-one or getting one of your self-study courses, how do they find you and connect with you? So the best place is my website. It's financialsolutions.com. And that is where you can find all the information on the accounting and the coaching services, including all the options to work with me. What you do is you just submit a quick web form on the website and I get it. And then we can have a call or I'll shoot you an email and I'll get in touch to let you know what the options are. Awesome. And will you also share your Instagram handle because you just share such great educational videos and content with everyone. Sure thing. So my, my Instagram handle is at Shannon K Weinstein. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest and for sharing all your wisdom with everyone. I feel like just listening to this is going to give people a lot of ease and peace of mind as they're thinking about their finances and their taxes. I hope so. That's all I ever hope for. That's, that's my mission with the business. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you guys love this episode, please, please, please take a screenshot, share it on your story and tag myself and Shannon. And as always, please go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I love you guys. I hope you have the most beautiful day and I will see you next week on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, 
just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.